Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome to At Home. Today's episode is all about celebrating the class of 2020. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago, and since then, so much has happened. In the coming days, we're actually going to share conversations that we've had with leading activists and educators in racial literacy. We are all reacting to the tragedies that have resulted from systemic racism, but we need to stop simply reacting and act. You know, we need to get out there and protest, sign petitions, donate, and most importantly, we need to vote. We're navigating a landscape that has taught us to believe that there is even such a thing as different races. And we're all realizing the unconscious biases that we have that feed into the cycle of racism. I think one thing we felt in addition to the anguish and sadness is guilt of not being as active as we should be. And in this regard, I am sorry because I admit I haven't used the privilege that I was born with in a constructive way when it comes to racial justice and equality. I know that I can and I will do better to listen to the voices whose messages need to be spread loud and clear and to act and to stand up for our fellow brothers and sisters. And I've realized I've been lazy. I can't keep saying that I can't speak to something because I wasn't educated on that subject matter. But I realize that if I want to stop feeling helpless, I need tools to turn sadness, frustration, and confusion into solutions. I need to take the initiative to educate myself. So we thank and acknowledge the brave people who work tirelessly to bring these issues to the forefront of the world. We thank people like Twitch and Allison Holker who explain white privilege in a way that is easy to understand. You can check out their video on Instagram. Organizations like Campaign Zero, which work to end police violence. And leaders like President Barack Obama, who addresses the nation with words of hope, armed with solutions. And standing with those brave people are our youth. They are our future, and they inspire us to continue to learn. Yes, I have a lot to learn. I need to be better if I want to make the world better. We have the power to change the story and make it right. And with our youth in mind, this episode celebrates the class of 2020. So please enjoy the episode, congratulate students in your community, thank them, empower them. Hello, everybody. Welcome Hello. to At Home with Linda and Drew. This is a very, very special episode. Yes. We are celebrating the class of 2020. The class of 2020, you know, they've had a very unique year. Mm -hmm. It's not a traditional ceremony graduation mm -hmm. like what we had when we graduated. Yeah, they've had to give up their proms, parties, after parties. Anything face-to-face. -face. And, you know, what is really unique here too is if you think about it, especially for me and I know for you as well, our closest, closest friends that we consider like family have come from our school days, our high school days. Yeah, all of our closest friends come yeah. from 20 years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 20 years for me too, yeah, 20 plus. Uh, but the whole thing here is now everyone can't be graduating this year. They can't be hugging and embracing all of their besties and, and the people they love. there's still so much to celebrate. There I mean, is. they've been through so much and- they are the most creative generation and the most resilient because you see everything they're doing still, regardless of having to finish off the school year at home, they're still finding the time and the energy to reach out to one another and help the community. And, yeah, and, to stay connected. Yeah. And, and I really love that and inspire their community and give back to their community. So we is a charitable organization that we work with and we've worked with them for many years. And that's where we actually get to see a lot of today's youth who are also giving back to their community. And this is working domestic and abroad. Mm -hmm. We in, empowers youth and, uh, and pulls them together and celebrates when they've done something that gives back to their community. Yeah, if you've never been to a We Day, 
You need to get your bums out there. Oh, yeah. And, and so what a We Day is, this is a celebration, and they're all across North America. They're all across Canada and U.S. And this is where you have a stadium. You could have 50,000 people in the stadium, and it's all students. Nobody pays to get there. What you have to do to, to get to a We Day is you have to do something to give back to your community. You have and to earn anything, your way there. You earn your way yeah. there by giving back and, and spreading kindness. And I absolutely love that. And you have the biggest celebrities, music, TV, film, everybody, uh, athletes, they're all there um, to also say thank you to all of these youth who are inspiring them. So it's been pretty cool. And this Saturday is We Celebrate Class of 2020. And this is an epic party of the ages. And this is a way to give back to the students a celebration saying, great job. Even though you didn't get your grad, you didn't get your own prom, this is a week-long virtual prom and party. This is the coolest alternative because to be able to celebrate with everyone together. I think that's the most beautiful thing about all of this is that we are all in this together and we're all here to celebrate and commemorate all the positive impacts they've had on the rest of the world. Well, I can, I can remember back when I graduated and I can remember the feeling of taking that next step from graduation into my adulthood and you know, my work life and or post-secondary as well and the excitement of wanting to run after my passions. I was fearless. Coming, coming out of high school, I was fearless. I thought I could accomplish anything and I could go after any goal I set. And I really do see a lot of that passion in the students that we've met, especially through We Days. Um, so it's really exciting to, to see. I'm excited to see what comes in the next few years yeah. and what a lot of these kids that we've met have decided to do. We're excited to, to celebrate them. So this Saturday, you can watch on CTV. If you're in Canada, it's on CTV. Um, but if you're anywhere else across the world, you can check out on Instagram at We Movement, and they're going to be posting updates along the way. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love. anticipation of Saturday's big celebration, we have actually lined up a lot of great, inspiring guests to join us on At Home. Mm -hmm. Our guests will share stories of some of their favorite teachers and memorable moments. Mm -hmm. And also talk about other students that have inspired them. And also they're giving a little bit of advice from their experiences to the grads of 2020. Okay, so who do we have on this episode? Well, we have one of the founders of the WE organization. Craig we have Craig Kilberger. Kilberger. 
And we have Lily Singh, who's hosting on Saturday. The amazing, hilarious Lily Singh. We have Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty is a walking man of wisdom. He has so many amazing, inspiring things to share with us on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have Michael Buble, who we all know. And then we have Brett Kissel and Chloe Wild. We also hopped on a call with a couple of students just to hear their stories and, and hear what their passions are and moving into the next chapter of their lives, what they're excited about. They're the real heroes of this podcast. They really are. I mean, it's really, really cool to hear from their experiences, how they've taken what they've learned and use that to inspire everyone around them. So should we? we jump in? Okay. Let's kick this thing off with our host for Saturday, Lily, Lily Singh. Singh. The energy of these students, I don't recall ever having that energy as a student, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think what we has created is so awesome where they have this stadium full of students that are all just so pumped for great causes. And I'm like, this is the best audience to be around ever in any show I've ever done. Yeah, they are so evolved. I do think about that. Like when I was in, when I was their age, you know, we had really tiny problems and, and these kids are solving the world's biggest problems. Well, giving back <laughs> to their community, supporting each other, supporting, you know, I, we were talking to some, some kids too that were um, gathering blankets to give to local homeless people. There were kids that were, that were raising money to give food to underprivileged kids in their community and all these different initiatives to get these kids to come together as well to, you know, we use, using their platform to amplify these kids' voices is absolutely amazing. And it'll be the same for grads on Saturday. So what are you excited about for Saturday? Well, I have the privilege of hosting, which was very fun to do. Um, I love the theme of, of the whole entire event, which is very fun. Um, I'm just excited to listen. I remember what it felt like to work up towards that graduation. And albeit it's a few seconds where you go up and you get your diploma and your parents are like, yay! But it, it's like a big deal. And I really do feel for the kids who are not going to get that experience. So I hope that this in some way with myself and all my other friends that are part of this dream can kind of honor all these students who have worked so hard, especially these students that, that go to We Day because like you were mentioning, they help solve so much of the world's problems. And when I was younger, I just didn't think I could. I didn't know there was a way to do that. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this. Yeah, and, and I think that it really does show too that you know some people may think their voice is too small to make a difference. Not at all. As long as you're making a difference in one other person's life, you're making a difference. And these kids, Absolutely. it's actually amplified and they're, they're changing lives with thousands of people. I do have to know though, are you going to wear a four-point cap and a black gown? We're going to do the graduation right. We out here to do it right. So I'm not going to spoil too much, but you know, mm -hmm. we'll put some effort into it. There were some costume changes. Oh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so when you were in school, do you remember, like, or what's a highlight from your school days? Was there a peer or a teacher that made a lasting impact in your life? So many. I was actually very grateful in my high school life to have really great teachers, some of whom I still am in contact with now and will still message me being like, oh, I saw you on the news or I saw you in this magazine. There's, there's a few teachers, but one in particular I think is such a great story is I remember in history class, I, I wrote this essay and my history teacher's name was Mr. Jacksick. And he was always such a big fan of my writing. And I remember once he read my essay aloud to the class and he said to me, looked at me and he said, you're such a great writer. You're definitely going to do something writing one day. And when I published my book, oh, right here, How to Be a Boss, uh, I remembered that. I remembered that 
as a young person, I didn't necessarily consider myself to be a great writer. I always thought there was a right and wrong and I had to live within the confines of whatever the assignment was. But he always encouraged me to be like, yeah, you're such a great writer. And when I released my book, I went back to that school and I went back to it. I was like, do you remember me? You told me I do something writing. Like I wrote this book because you motivated me. And he did remember. So that was a really special moment for me. Just a teacher that took a moment to say, I see you and keep doing this and keep working at it. I thought it was really special. Isn't it cool, those tiny moments that, you know, uh, you, you would think maybe a teacher would forget about or a fellow mm-hmm. student s- saying something that really inspires you and changes your life and maybe they would just forget about it, but those little things can have such a ripple effect and make such Absolutely. a drastic difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think thought, as people, we always have those moments where we remember one sentence or one thing someone did and we don't understand the significance of it right away. We're like, why do I remember this one thing so vividly? And eventually down the line, you realize because that has somehow molded you or impacted you in such a way. So shout out to the teachers that take the time to do that. There are a lot of teachers that go above and beyond, do the things after you know the extracurriculars that they don't get paid for, do a lot of those activities and, and put a lot of that effort into just because they care about the kids. And I feel like they mm-hmm. really need to be recognized for that because mm-hmm. it's they a are tough superheroes. Job. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially in these times, they are there for the students, even if they're not physically there. Right, yeah. exactly. We were, we were talking to a principal actually just the other day and she was checking in with her school. She has literally done one-on-one calls with every student in her school because she wanted to make sure that nobody felt alone. They were all supported and she was spreading her love. And I think it's amazing to see that even while we're in isolation to see that. So kudos to all the amazing teachers and the students out there that are creating a support group because I think that's something we've heard a lot about too. In today's day and age, so many students are bonding together to show support so that nobody feels alone. Nobody's accepting bullying. It's not Mm -hmm. an acceptable thing at all. And I think it's nice to have that support group. Mm -hmm. What's a tool that you would say that all students need coming through graduation and into their adult lives? What's something they need to carry with them? This is my tool, not only for graduation, for life in general, but it did particularly help me during transitional periods like this, when you're leaving one school, perhaps entering another phase of life, you know, closing up one milestone. And it's quite simple. It's just self-love. And the, the reason I say that is because I remember when I moved from one school to another, or when I graduated and I had to start another phase of life, I was so concerned about, am I, am I good enough? Uh, am I like, too weird? Are people in this new chapter going to accept me for who I am? And all of these questions... And I remember it wasn't until I really took a look at myself and I thought, dude, I am capable. I truly deserve these opportunities. I've worked very hard. I love all my quirks. I love all the things that make me weird. Until I really embraced all that, I wasn't my true, happiest, most confident and successful self. So I would say, I know sometimes transitions can be scary. I know uh, sometimes you might feel like things are moving really fast and you get a little bit of anxiety, but I think practicing self-love is so important. And I know sometimes it seems like such a fairy tale thing to say, but it's true. It is such an important ingredient. Every successful person I know, they always talk about self-love. Yeah. And you have to fill up your own cup first before you can serve others. Exactly. Any, anything that you feel about yourself, it actually, you, you project that onto other people around you too. So self-love, everybody give yourselves a hug right now. Yeah. Oh, and there we go. Soon enough, we can hug each other one day. <laughs> Far and, from now. <laughs> yes, yes. Soon. Well, so what's one little, one other piece of uh, something you can say to the grad class of 2020? Um, I'm going to say, and I know when I graduated, I didn't want anybody to tell me this, so I'm going to be that person telling you something I didn't want to hear, but that's okay. I feel like I know sometimes school, school is great. It's a privilege, you should all be grateful, but sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes you're like, oh, I can't wait to graduate, get out of this. 
I have learned through my life, and it's been a long time. I won't say how long, but it's been a long time since I graduated. <laughs> longer I for will me. Say, okay, true, true, longer for him, true. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say that one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life is even after graduation, be a student for life. Being a student for life is one of the greatest things you can do. All the best teachers know that you're a student for life. Never stop learning. The great thing about as you progress in life is sometimes you can even kind of dive into the things you want to learn about more, but don't think you're ever too old. Stop learning. Never stop experiencing new things. Be a student for life and keep evolving and just growing in this life. Lily is going to host a heck of a party on Saturday. Any party with Lily is a party for the ages. <laughs> so next we are going to talk to one of my childhood heroes, co-founder of We, Craig Kilberger. And actually when you think of kids who are driven and inspire, like a lot of the kids we've met at the We events, that is Craig and his brother Mark because they started We when they were, what, Craig was 12 years old. Yeah, he was 12. And when I first learned about him, I was in grade school as well. And I decided this is someone I'm going to look up to. And I think it's just amazing how you can look up to a peer. It's really great to see that Mark and Craig, they had a vision, they had a dream, and it's continued to grow. And now they inspire and help people all over the globe. Mm -hmm. You're never too old or too young. You aren't. Well, this is Craig Kilberger. I love it. I love seeing the two of you so... I love seeing the two of you together and not on two separate planes and two different corners yeah. of the world. Yeah, well, I, I love seeing the three of us together in one location, which you know, obviously well, we won't three have three locations. For, yeah, so where was it? We first, we first met randomly... Well, we, we met at when we were in Kenya, but then we met randomly on a plane hopping... Well, that was the first time, at least I think we had a meaningful conversation was we were both... I, I think I hitchhiked on your tiny, like, puddle hopper of a plane that was like they were winding the elastic band behind it <laughs> as it took off without a runway. Uh, and, and you know, for people who are watching this, like the Maasai come out and they flap their blankets to basically scare the zebra and gazelle off the runway. Let's rewind a little bit. And, and just, you know, this is all about celebrating the class of 2020, celebrating students. They're moving on to the next phase of their lives. Yeah. And thank um, you for doing this, both of you. Like, this is so epic for them missing out on the dances and proms. And they, they get the most epic yearbook ever. And they get the most epic convocation speakers ever. And the two of you to take this role, you are the coolest hosts ever for graduation. That's all I can say. Oh, well, well, thank, thank you guys. You I mean, much. what you guys are doing, this is gonna, going to be a graduation that the world will never forget. And yes, it, it is unfortunate that they can't be in person with their peers and their teachers, but this is something so special that that I think connects people across the country. Oh, 100%. And when you think about this, I mean, obviously these students are our future leaders. I mean, these, these students are going to be inspiring our entire nation. And I think a lot of what is happening right now and the conversations they're having and the passions that they have to change this world is really going to do big things. And I want to get back to the beginning for you because you are the epitome of what these students love because you did what these kids are doing. You changed the world and you were only a kid yourself when you first came up with the concept of how you wanted to give back. So maybe talk a little bit about the beginning days for you back in school. I was a middle school student at the time. I was 12 years old one uh, morning in grade seven, seventh grade was getting ready and saw a story about child labor. Tore it from the newspaper, brought it to my class. I was the kid with the speech impediment, nervous, you know, this idea terrified me, but I stood in front of the class holding this article saying, I need your help. Will you join me? And 11 hands went up. Uh, and plus me, there were 12 of us. We, we like to jokingly say it was a group of 12, 12-year-olds 12 <laughs> that started all this. And it was the realization that when we called other charities, people said to us, you know what, you got to wait till you're older or you're, 
you know, maybe you can just send a little bit of money. That's all you can do. And that made us really, frankly, angry because we said, no, 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 no. Like, you know, we want to learn about these issues. We want to get involved. We know we can make a difference. And our first dream was to build a school. And people laughed at us, that idea. Like they'd say kids go to school, they don't build schools. Speed ahead, as you know, because you were with us in now multiple parts around the world, 2,000 schools and schoolhouses later were built by students around the world and clean water and medical for a million people. But even not only on the global level, some of the impacts. But the part I love the most is today, if someone is out there watching this who's 12 or 15 or 10 or 17, whatever age they might be, I hope they don't have the slightest doubt that they can change the world. Like, I hope they just know that they can. Because and I think that's the generational shift. Like today, I, someone grows up going, I can be that next creator, adventure, change maker, host, you know, yes. you know, podcast, you know, whatever it is that they can bring to this world. And that's what this is about, celebrating the fact that you can continue to take on the world. This is worth celebrating how strong young people are in this country. Oh, 100%. I mean... I remember growing up, you know, there were certain teachers that really gave me that that hope that any I can achieve anything I want. And same with with my parents and and Linda's parents, we we were encouraged to do whatever we did, follow our passions, and and our whatever we work hard for could come true. But I also remember that there were some some teachers and some adults that would constantly say, "That's not for you to do. You're just a kid. You can't handle that. That's something that adults do." And looking back now, I'm like, wow, you, you so drastically change the mindset of a young, uh, impressionable kid by those little things that you say. It may not seem like a lot to you, but it really is. And so I'm really, I feel fortunate that I listened to the right adults that encouraged me to go after my dreams and passions. Mm-hmm. And yes. as, as a group of 12, 12-year-olds, what was it in all of you that, that, you know, that one made you angry? Obviously, the situation that you saw that was inhumane, but what drove you guys to push forward? I think it was two things, honestly. One was the cause, and second was the frustration that people didn't take us seriously. Like, the fact that people would say things like, we are young and naive. And I remember we got called idealistic so often. I actually thought it was a negative thing as a kid. I, it was so often people would say that to us. And it was only when we got a little bit older and we started to achieve the success of these projects around the world and, and these dreams started to come true that we picked up that word and we would wear that label with pride. We would spray paint on the wall of our first office, shameless idealists. And we would like put that at the side of bags and our backpacks, we'd carry it and just completely turn the, the narrative around. And, and I think sometimes when you get pushed so hard, it almost builds a resilience where you're willing to push back. Mm. That, and, and I also have to say like, you know, Frankly, Drew, you said it, teachers. Like, we had this epic you know, seventh grade teacher who, who I was so nervous as a kid holding that article about child labor. I had no idea what to do. I remember putting it in front of him at one point, crumpled up. He could barely read it because I had shoved it in my backpack, pulled it out, shoved it in my backpack because I was so nervous thinking I want to do something. I don't know what to do, but shoved it back in my backpack. Pulled it out again and said, well, maybe I can stand up in front of my class. No one's going to listen. Shove it back in my backpack. And mm. I pulled this out and smoothed this out in front of him. And I look back at that moment and realize, I don't think he, he could have ever imagined that in that moment, he was about to change my life. When he said to me, you should get up in front of the class and, and read the story. And, and to all the teachers who are watching out there, I don't think most teachers realize the impact that they have until years and years and years later, where a young person goes back and says, that teacher, that push, that encouragement, that 
that's what literally changed my life. And in this case, mm-hmm. frankly, changed a whole lot of other lives in the process. So Mr. Fedragoni is his name. Deeply grateful. Awesome to all the teachers out there. For people who are trapped at home and they can't do anything right now, call a teacher, text a teacher, thank a teacher. Yes. Uh, nice chance to take a moment and be grateful. Yeah, kudos to all yeah, teachers. Kudos to yeah. all teachers. Yes. Yeah. So what's a tool that you think? What's something, whether it's uh, you know mental or physical, what's a tool that would be something that you feel all students should take into the next chapter of their lives because it will help them achieve their passions? I'm a big believer that resiliency is one of the most important tools that we develop in, in our lives. And it's like a muscle. This, this is you know, a big push over the years. We've been working a lot as an organization and a personal fascination on mental well-being. Uh, and I will acknowledge being married to a psychologist maybe helps reinforce this. <laughs> but the idea that um, we need to learn resiliency. This is something you, you can't get in the textbook. You don't get it when you hit candidate or diploma. Um, and I think we need to reshape how we think we learn resiliency. And it is actually only by fi- failing or facing something that seems overwhelming do we actually build resiliency. You know, I think we live in a society where we look at people who succeed, like the two of you, massively successful. And I'm sure to people who are watching at home, they go, I'm sure they succeeded, succeeded, and built and built and built. But I'm sure you'd be you know, candid in telling them that there were you know, 100 failing moments or, or moments you thought you'd be overwhelmed in order to get to this point of success. The same in our organization. And, and this is actually why I think that although COVID-19 doesn't define the experience for these students... I don't think we need to see it as a detraction from that experience either. I actually think this is one of the great teachable moments of this time where young people faced literally a one in a hundred year event. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of change happened very quickly. And I'm not downplaying it. This is still going on. This is still a terrible thing. But for those youth, just to, just to take a moment to check themselves, to, to take a moment to say, they're still here. They're still learning. They still have friends or family or support networks in their lives. They still have heroes who they can turn to and look to, like the two of you who care about them, who are leaning in. There's still positivity. There's still a lot of hope in this world. There's still, and, and when you realize that if you've lived through this, everything else in life is put in perspective. Like you lived through the one in a hundred year giant pandemic and you're still strong, like good on you. So resiliency, I think is is highly underrated. I think it's the most important thing that young people should be more, you know, remember the math and science, but honestly, they'll forget half the equations. But the resiliency, that should stick with them forever. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and you made a good point about um, it being an ongoing process and it and it is a muscle that we have to work out and it's something that you don't just go through, but you have to practice actively and it's something that we all, adults or youth, have to just grapple with. Like, mm-hmm. You know, just because you've gone through this, we may have other challenges and we, we have to flex another part of that muscle. Mm-hmm. So it is always just a, a, a learning process. A, a great thing. Uh, there was a parent I um, was talking to about mental well-being and she said, I always ask my kids every day, what did you succeed in, in today and how did you fail today? Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's neither is more positive than the other because both are simply moments of learning. So what was it like growing up? Your teacher, your parents were teachers. So oh, yeah. what, what did they teach? And what was it like growing up in a house? So you went to school for teach, with teachers and you had teachers at home. Oh, yes. My parents, see, but here's the greatest part of us. I adore my parents. I love my parents. In fact, I'm living with them again, or they're living with me now because of the whole COVID-19 thing, which is phenomenal. <laughs> um, 
my parents could never stop teaching. And, and as a kid, this drove me up a wall. And, and, and I mean, like from everything, my dad would always correct my grammar around the dinner table. <laughs> to my mom did this thing that I look back now and I adore that as a kid, I was, I was confused by. She would never walk past someone who was panhandling without stopping. Always. Like, like other kids I remember who would be with my mom would kind of be like, what is going on? Um, and, and she would sometimes have some change to, to, to pass, but most times just ask them, you know, how long they've been in the streets, they've placed the stage tonight, how are they doing? Um, and I remember as a kid, I told her years later how I admired how she was nice to those people. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, that's partially why she did it, but mostly she did it so my brother and I would also hear their name and recognize that, you know, they come from a city and, you know, maybe how old they are. They're not too far off from our ages. And, and, and it was just, I actually never realized until years later that she was teaching in that moment. And so I, I look at my parents and they're the, you know, yes, classically trained educators, but the quintessential life teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and that is why they're just awesome at what they do. That's so amazing. I, and it really does teach you to, you know, never walk past a problem and ignore it. Um, and, and to face it, even if you don't have a solution, I think in our everyday lives, we, we see so many issues and especially nowadays you were inundated with all of these problems. It's, it, it does feel, it does get easy to feel bogged down, you know, if you don't have the solution right away, but something as simple as starting a conversation, who knows where that can go. Well, if I can name drop just a really cool person for a moment. Um, one of our early uh, supporters and honorary board members was Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and he got very involved with us. And I remember after a, a board meeting, I made this passing reference that was in my undergrad at the time in university to him that I had stopped reading the newspaper because it was full of all the violence and negativity. And he kind of stopped in that moment and he looked at me and his exact words were, college boy, like what are they teaching you in school these days? And he said, the newspaper, that's God's to-do list delivered right to your front door every morning. Hmm. And, and to your point, Linda, he went on to say, there's only two ways to live your life. Like at the end of the day, it's either you turn the page, you walk past the homeless person, you close your eyes, you change the channel, like all that quintessential stuff, or you lean in. Like you see it as a calling. You, like, I don't, you know, don't necessarily need a particular faith, but you just you see it as an opportunity to lean in and create a better world, full stop, period. Mm-hmm. That's, well, sorry, that's just such a great way to look at yeah. news. You know, yes, it is a problem, it, but a, a checklist, a to-do list from- I'm adding that. I have what's called a to-do list. <laughs> and so it incorporates- <laughs> Is that what Linda gives you every morning? Where it's like, <laughs> yes. take out the garbage and do that? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to add some of that news to my to-do list. Uh, I like that. But, you know, you know, something that really was resonating with us that we loved when we went, um, you know, we've been to Ecuador and into the Amazon with, with we. We've yep. been out to, to Kenya as well. And- what I see and what I love is that you guys are not just about throwing money at a problem and it'll, it'll take care of itself. That's not gonna solve anything. That's just sort of that lipstick on a pig. What makes a difference is that you guys work with locals and you work domestic and abroad. You work with students around the world to encourage them to give back to however they're trying to change their community. There's this support net that gives people the confidence. It's like you and your brother working together and me and my brother working together and Linda and me working together. When you have a built-in support net, it makes everything easier. Or 12, 12 year olds And 12, 12 year olds working together. And now you have hundreds of thousands of people around the world working together to make change. So thank you so much for that. 
I love it. I love that we just got compared to you guys, which is awesome. You know, <sighs> two brothers plus an amazing life partner creating amazing impact. We'll take that comparison any day as my brother and I do this side by side with our life partners. Honestly, yeah. you guys are all amazing. And by the way, you totally undersold how awesome you are. Not only, I, I don't know if all your viewers and listeners know, not only were you, were you with us in the Amazon, but you came like, for like a honeymoon celebration. Like, I love that. That was so yeah. awesome to say the least. What better you way to celebrate best. our our wedding, like to, to celebrate with our honeymoon than we raised the money at the wedding to, to give it to a village uh, in Ecuador to be able to give it to them so that they can have clean water for life. I mean, I can't think of a better way than giving back. It, it, felt, it felt amazing to be able to do that and then to spread that message to inspire other people to do similar things. Mm-hmm. So I what, saw one of the articles that had a photo of you guys building with the cement. It's like, nothing says yeah. permanent after marriage like cement. Oh, yeah. so, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Nice, I like that. So a final parting uh, wisdom that you can pass on to the class of 2020 as they move into the next part of their lives. Be idealists but be shameless idealists. Well, I hope we can have random meets with Craig again all over the world. Just yeah. on a small plane in the middle of nowhere in a village. We'll need to do our next we adventure soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm already planning it. Are you? I'm going to surprise you. I won't even tell you what it is. Oh, another big surprise. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of big surprises for you. <laughs> Let's talk about teachers. Who, I love teachers. I mean, I, I know, but I feel like the world also needs to know. Who is a, a teacher that's had a... Huge impact on your life. Well, I have one teacher that I absolutely love, Mr. Connor. Um, he was in our what grade nine until twelve. He was a science teacher, and when I was graduating, I actually needed to have all sciences to get into kinesiology, and I didn't realize that until a month before graduating and writing my my government exams. A month. Yeah, and so he ended up crash coursing physics with me. I had to also get an A to get into my faculty. And so every day he stayed for hours and he's not getting paid for this. He just did this out of the kindness of his heart. And he studied with me, he trained me, um, he trained me in the art of physics. And I, I wrote the government exam and I aced it. And I think it's absolutely phenomenal that he was spending that much time with me to make sure I could get into the career path that I wanted to. So thank you to Mr. Mr. Connor. Yay, Mr. Connor. How about yourself? Ooh, there were so many. So Miss McCarney, my grade nine drama teacher and grade 12 musical theater teacher, she is just unforgettable. Uh, she was just so fun and had so much energy and she never, she always taught by example. It was never a lecture. And uh, years later, actually you came with me to her mm-hmm. retirement party uh, at our high school. So she retired and went on to start a new career in real estate. Yeah. So she's doing that now. And I just thought that is so cool that, you know, you have the the passion and drive to continue, you know, just something that you're interested in. Well, I think it's really cool too when you see someone like that who is, you know, they're never too proud to continue to learn. And I think we should all take a, a note from that because we should all be lifelong students. I still love to learn. I, I love trying new things. I literally take lessons for, for things, everything. For everything. For and everything. people make fun of me for it. Guitar, ping pong, whatever it is, I'll take a lesson Coinish. because I love to learn. Would you take a lesson in, in the history of coins? The that history would be of ancient coins, I totally would. We owe so much to our teachers because they're the ones, you know, when, when we don't have enough faith in ourselves maybe to, to see our talents and or maybe admit our interests, they see the spark in us or sometimes they're the ones who notice that we might need a a little extra push or extra love. And yeah, you just have to 
Give thanks to all teachers out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all teachers for everything that you do. You are truly superheroes in the lives of so many kids. So now our next guest, she is an incredible, smart, and cool student uh, who turned a personal tragedy into a platform to help others. This is Bailey Dunbar. Um, so Morgan was my twin sister and we lost her to suicide on June 27th, 2014. Um, after her death, me and my family had started a nonprofit charity called Morgan's Mission. And we would raise funds for bullying prevention, mental health awareness, along with mental health. And I would go around to schools and hold charities and events, giving my story and my sister's story and letting them know the causes of what bullying can do to your mental health and to others. If you're not sure what bullying can actually do, when bullying can actually cost a life for somebody. I mean, we feel so... I didn't think I was going to cry. Sorry. Well, I think I think one thing that that, that I mean, I'm a twin as well, and I know the bond that the twins have. And for you to take your sister's story and uh, use something that is, you know, it's it's a very sad moment in in your timeline and in your family's timeline. But to use that to do good, to bring awareness to other people, a lot of you know, kids can be cruel at times, and they don't realize the effects of what they're doing. So for you to be able to take that story to help bring positivity to other kids' lives, I think is amazing. Yeah, where do yeah. you get your strength from? Because look at me, I'm a mess already. <laughs> Honestly, I really don't know. I've been through hell and back so many times. I don't even know how I'm still here. I really don't. And, and so what, what has your involvement been with WE? The first time that I actually got to participate with WE Day was in Calgary 2017, I believe it was. Um, I got to share my and my sister's story in front of thousands of students across the Alberta province. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was just across Alberta. And then I just recently got involved with them again uh, Monday with Brett Kissel coming to my house and surprising me for a song and for my amazing. Yeah, I cried. Linda also cried when, when, when Brett, we spoke to Brett as well. And, uh, you know, so what's, what's a story that you can recall where there's been another student who's inspired you or a teacher that's inspired you? Mr. Mazur from my junior high school. So when Morgan passed away um, the first day of summer after grade six, so I had to do grade seven, eight and onwards all by myself. So grade eight, when I first moved down here to Fort Saskatchewan, um, I met a vice principal who's also a twin brother, and I got a really close bond with him. So if I had any anxiety attacks or if I couldn't handle or couldn't focus in class, I'd just go to him. So one day when I was at my lowest point and I was trying to overdose, um, he ended up catching on to seeing me walking around kind of unstable, and he kind of clued in. He's like, what's wrong with her? And he pulled me into the office and he emptied my bag and found um, a bunch of pills and everything. And he drove me to the hospital. And the doctors even said, they're like, if she would have been like five minutes later, she wouldn't have made it. Oh, and wow. so to this day, he holds a special place in my heart for, oh, I'm going to cry, for <laughs> keeping me alive. And I'm really thankful for him. We oh, are too. Because yeah. what you're doing is amazing. And I think... Just talking about it helps, you know, just 
Yeah. It, it's it's so hard to talk about. And a lot of the times we don't have the words, but mm-hmm. just sharing your your challenges makes it okay for other people as well. Well, life is yeah. precious. And, and the fact that he was there to support you um, and now the way that you support so many other people, I mean, you, you've saved a lot of lives and you've, you've um, helped a lot of people through tough situations as well from sharing your story. So thank yeah. you so much for that. And, and so what's a little something that you want to say to all those students out there that are graduating this year? You're not alone. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. I know you're not going to get the graduation that you want or you deserve, but there is a hope and hopefully schools will open up again in the fall and maybe they will have a celebration for the grad students in August or September and hopefully we can still get that graduation that we want. Yeah, well, thank you so much for inspiring so many people, including us, and for being a part of We Day. This is an exciting celebration. And Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I think it's so, so amazing that Bailey is using what she has learned and her experiences to help show other kids that they have support. Because I think anybody who... You know, whether they've been bullied or they just are in a negative state or they they feel alone, to know that there are other people there to support them means the world. Yeah, her her strength is unbelievable, and mm-hmm. I'm just so inspired by her. And I I love that she speaks not only to those who are being bullied but also to bullies because we've all been there. Unfortunately, we all you know have done things that we're not proud of. But I think the most important thing is to learn from that and admit that was wrong mm-hmm. and that was poopy and we shouldn't do that. And I think when you're not shaming the bullies, you know, it gives them an opportunity to come out of that. Well, yeah, I mean, no one wants to be attacked. So if you go after a bully to try and say, you're wrong, you should be, I mean, people can put their guard up. And so I think trying to make them understand the, the results, the outcome of what they're doing. I mean, I think that's a huge thing that Bailey is doing there Mm. because people, maybe many people, I think a lot of kids just don't think through, they don't have the life experience as well to think through what some of the ramifications could be from their actions. And Mm. so, I mean, to understand that that you can really be harming somebody um, in a a huge way by bullying, I think that would alleviate a lot of bullying. In fact, I do love nowadays, you see a lot of kids that really support each other wholeheartedly. And I, I don't recall seeing that as much when I was a kid as I do see now. Right. Same. And I, I love that, you know, on social media, you were able to talk about that now, mm-hmm. or there's, there's space to talk about that. And we're all still learning how to properly deal with it. And, uh, that's, that's the most beautiful thing is that we're in it together to, mm-hmm. to learn about the different ways to deal with it. Well, our next guest, Michael Buble also talks about a teacher that help change his course. And I also love that Michael shared a story about his grandfather, how his grandfather taught him to always be a big kid at heart. I asked my grandpa once, he was 92, and I said, Grandpa, how do you really feel inside? And he said, honestly, sunshine, he said, I'm, I'm 18 years old. Oh, and, he really, and I know he really was. But me, if you ask me that same question, I'm 12. It's why I love Disney. It's why I love, because I think there's something so pure about seeing life through the eyes of kids like that. And there's something so beautiful about it. Yeah, you learn so much. And when you were a kid, what, what is there a story that you can remember of a teacher or a student or somebody that really um, helped shape who you are today? Yeah, I had many I had many teachers, even starting really early in, in like grade one and grade two. I mean, I remember my teachers. I had Ms. Rosen in kindergarten and, um, and then I had Ms. Baroni who became Ms. Bichelia after she got married. So... She was just a really 
really kind, really loving. I just, she was just those kids. I think the kids in her class were very much her own kids. So yeah, I look back and it's funny now my, my son Noah, who's in grade one has a teacher named Miss Basile. And I see Miss Basile is very similar in the way that she, she interacts with her kids. I mean, it's weird now because they're now on, they're doing homeschool on, on, on this yeah. FaceTime and stuff, but man, to see that connection and see how, um, how she fosters the, the the excitement of learning and and their imaginations and all of that it's really cool parents are amazing as well but you'll only have the the, the kids in your house these teachers could have hundreds of students that they're inspiring over decades, over decades oh. and to oh, keep totally. that energy up is is pretty phenomenal yeah i i think well i think one of the things that this whole pandemic is going to really is going to leave a mark with is that they need to be taken care of and so yeah. I think we really do need to foster them as much as they take care of them. For the yeah. class of, uh, of 2020, what would you say is a tool that they shouldn't leave home without? I think it's compassion. It's something I, I, say, I tell my kids at nauseum. I think at this point, if I say it to my kids, they'll go like, again. <laughs> but I, it's a simple rule. I'll just say to them all the time, treat people the way that you want them to treat you guys. You know, and... Well, I think it, it is great, though, to see the number of people who are, like you're saying, they're stepping up and they're showing that compassion, that support. Yeah. Um, you know, teachers that are still supporting their students, even though they can't be in the classroom together and yes. and students that are supporting each other because, you know, we have friends too and, and we have um, friends of ours that have kids in school. Um, mm-hmm. And if they're an only child, they might feel a little bit isolated from their friends, but to still see sure. the kids making uh, that attempt to connect, mm-hmm. I think is really important. I do want to know, though, for someone like yourself who took a path that, you know, a lot of people feel it's a one in a million chance you're going to make it big. You'll make a, yeah. a living off of your career. But what was it that shaped you as a kid to know or who was it that shaped you as a kid to know music is what I love? Music is what I want to do. I'm not going to let anybody tell me I can't achieve this. And you went after it. That's a good question. I mean, obviously, my parents, my family, um, when I speak about this to you, it brings back memories that I've sort of forgotten because it's been so many years. But I had such cool teachers. I mean, I had a, uh, an English teacher. Well, she taught English and Spanish. And um, I think she recognized that music was how I spoke. Mm. And so academically, I wasn't a great student. I wasn't a strong student. So I remember having a project that basically uh, I was such a uh, just a big procrastinator that I had waited to like the very end of the, the year to do this big project and it was it was a kind of an essay a big essay and she said you know you can write the essay she said or she said you can go and write a song for oh me my gosh. and she said and you can you can write a song about what we're talking about here about culture the difference between mexico and, blah, blah. and she said and then you can come and perform it for me and i did i wrote this whole thing i had oh, wow. a friend of mine who i was playing with at the time record it and i took a, a boom box <laughs> with a mic thing and it was like, and I think back to that and I think of how cool she was. Like, this was such a cool lady to recognize that, to care yeah. enough about me, to make, you know, to bend, to bend kind of the lines yeah. for me and let me do that. Yeah. And it was a big part of me. I mean, I was scared. I was terrified. But at the same time, I like, just like, I just felt so obligated. I knew this was who I was and how to, you know, but she was a big part of giving me that boost. That's really cool. I love that. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Any any parting words you want to give to the grad class of 2020? I know that it's not what they expected or what they deserved, but 
like my grandpa used to say, today's curse is tomorrow's blessing. And even though it may sound strange today, I think you may look back at this and when you have perspective, you'll understand that this made you one of the great generations. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. By the way, Michael Bublé's song Home is one of my favorite songs. And I actually, I think that that's a great grad song because your friends that you come out of high school with, I mean, that really does feel like family and that does center you. That's almost like home for you. Yeah, it it really does feel like home when we talk to our friends from back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever we are in the world, home is just wherever we can all meet up. Is, it, is there a certain age you, you get to when you can say back in the day? Yeah, like last week. Back I, in that's the day. what I meant. I meant like back in the day, like last <laughs> week. My old friend from last week. <laughs> so uh, what was it when you graduated? What were your go-to songs? I think it's called The Graduation Song by Vitamin C. Don't make me sing it. Can but you it, give us a little hint? No, but it goes... Uh, no, I can't sing it. Give a little it, hint, okay. come on. It goes like... <laughs> I know the song. I just wanted to hear you hum it. <laughs> so that was like your sort of anthem coming out of I grad? think so. And then there was also um, Just a Sentimental, Get Busy by Sean Paul. <laughs> you know, very, uh, very great grad song. Yeah. Like when I, when I hear Sean Paul, I think of um, high school parties. Well, I remember Summer Nights. Oh yeah, was because uh, I in school we did Greece as a musical, and so Jonathan and I both were in it. And so I remember anytime karaoke would come around, we would just sing the songs from Greece. All right, and let's let's hear it. I don't know how the song goes. Summer loving, <laughs> have me a blast. And then I actually because I end up having really great range and I could do falsetto. I would just for fun always do Sandy's side of it. So, so do do both right now. Summer loving. Happened so fast. I met wait, a girl. Let's oh, wait, let's make it sound like I did. Okay. Okay. Sing, you sing Danny's part and and Sandy's part. And you just move but, your lips? Yeah. When, when you <laughs> sing Sandy's part. Okay. Summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. I met a girl crazy for me. Met a boy cute as can be. Summer days are drifting away to oh, oh the summer nights. All right, it probably sounds really, really bad, but I tried. But now it's it looks like I sounded really bad, you, so it's okay. You sounded I, terrible. I got you. Yeah, I think I'll um I'll keep practicing, and then we'll do a duet like this, <laughs> except for we'll flip the rules. But so I remember in at my grad party, I sang that, and then I also sang it the night that you and I had our first date. Yeah. And I sang it again last week, so... I think you sing it at every karaoke party. It's my go-to from grad. (laughs) We have another singer coming up, too. Our next guest, Brett Kissel, has an amazing voice, much better than me. 
and he does so much to give back to his community and he's been a big part of we as well. Yes, you you need to hear his story about his cowboy hat. You know, I have to say I was very fortunate, um, you know, from kindergarten to grade 12 to have had extraordinary teachers. Um, I was a small town kid. I grew up in, you know, outside of St. Paul, Alberta and Flat Lake. So from Glendon to St. Paul to Bonneville, those three little communities, everybody was so good to me. My first male teacher was a gentleman by the name of Shannon Leskew, and he was really, really good to all of us. Um, and was he was a great leader and taught a lot of great leadership qualities. And then although, and this is how small town it is, although she wasn't related, Genya Leskew was my eighth grade teacher. And she was awesome. She was a great mix of old school teaching tactics and new age technology. She organized uh, weekly and monthly trips for our grade eight class to go to the seniors' homes, to go play cards, to go play music, to go and visit, and to take care of our elderly. And I thought that was really, really cool for us in the eighth grade who are so maybe entitled or thinking about our daily lives and only caring about what people are saying on Facebook at the time. And we were going and learning from an older generation and giving back to them. And that was something that was very special. And I think about on a regular basis. Mm. That's so beautiful to have someone instill that care in you at such a young age. You know, it's being a teenager is hard, but you know, being a human and a part of a bigger community is is more important than mm-hmm. than our everyday things. But I mean, I mean, not not to belittle the trials that teenagers go through, but but there is something to be said ab- about, especially now, about caring for the older generation. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I feel very lucky to have had that opportunity. And I think a lot of us that were in that eighth grade class are still thinking about those memories right now and learning from a previous generation and understanding that our bubble, whatever we're going through right now, like you said, not to belittle that, but if we can get outside of our bubble and learn some great lessons from a generation who have paved the way for people like the two of you, people like my wife and I, and kids today, well, you know what? It's great to give back and to say thank you to that generation. Who is it? You grew up you sort of that, that that farm life or that ranch life, just like me. I grew up on a ranch. And, yeah. uh, and, who, and you who, actually have the same birthday as our older our old, brother, my old, JD. Yeah, JD, my older brother, um, May 27th. Oh, awesome. Yeah, except for he's a little older than you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. who put a guitar in your hand and who, who, who taught you to sing? You know what? My Mima, she gave me a guitar when I was about to turn seven. It was uh, for Christmas and it was from the Sears catalog, if you can believe it. <laughs> nice. um, and, and, and bless her, she didn't know if I was going to stick with it. So I think that guitar was like $59. And until Sears closed down, that guitar I saw every year go down in value. Um, <laughs> catalog and that Christmas wish book. But I got it. I'm so thankful that you put a guitar in my hand because that changed everything for me. There wasn't a day that I wasn't playing guitar. So I taught myself to play. And as far as teaching me to sing, I was just always surrounded by music that was, and no one in my family ever played music. Like no one played guitar oh. or sang. So that makes it very interesting, but I was surrounded by music because all we did was listen. We listened to the radio, whether I was in the tractor, I was in the school bus, I was coming home from school. We were listening to country music, George Strait, Alan Jackson, Johnny Cash, Farron Young, Marty Robbins, the oldies, Garth Brooks. I loved that stuff and I still do with all my heart today. 
Well, and then you get to tour with Garth Brooks. I mean, that's something that that has to be absolutely amazing because anybody who loves country music, anybody who loves music has said that his tour is electric. It's the energy on stage is electric. He truly is the greatest entertainer on planet Earth as far as I'm concerned. And I feel so lucky that I got a chance to learn from him because he didn't have to take me under his wing. He didn't have to teach me the great lessons that he did. He didn't have to give me that platform nine shows in Edmonton at Rogers Place in front of 20,000 people a night. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And I feel I'm a better human being, not because I got a chance to watch him perform. Yes, he's amazing, but because I got to watch him backstage. And I think you and your brother know, well, I I think all of you guys know, I've encountered him a number of times through, you know, his charity work and his spirit. He's an incredible human being. Him and Miss Yearwood are amazing. So I feel very lucky to get to know them. Yeah, they're, they're just great down-to-earth people, and, and they truly care, too. They do a lot I'm to so give genuine. back and, and support and create that community vibe. If you could dedicate one song to the class of 2020, what would it be? You know, I got to be honest, I don't know if it's written yet. I think huh. that, you know what, everybody's going through a, a very unique process. And usually, a grad class is going through celebration, excitement, a little bit of Alice Cooper schools out for the summer, but this isn't a, a year unlike anything else we've ever experienced in our culture for, for, for generations. So I don't know if that song has been written yet. I think that everybody needs to dig down deep, feel their feelings and understand that even though this isn't the way that they uh, expected their 12 years of schooling to go down or end that they're a part of history in the closing of a chapter and make the best of it and find a silver lining in this because I think people can look back and say that you are the unique ones. The grad yeah. class this year, they're like unicorns. Mm-hmm. This may never happen again. So celebrate it for what it's worth. And then what do you think for one last thing for our grads out there? What's a tool, whether it's mental or physical, what's a tool that you think will help them achieve their successes in life as they move to the next chapter? You know, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great question. I, I, I'm a firm believer in happiness. Do what makes you happy and do what makes others happy. Now, that doesn't mean to be a people pleaser, but that means to go out and do good in the world because that type of um, feeling is is probably the most addicting and is the greatest feeling that anybody could experience is doing good things for others and doing good things for yourself. So that's a great mixture of love and self-care. And that's also a great mixture of helping others in need. That word happiness is something that I think people spend so little time focusing on, but I'm hoping that as generations pass, that it could be one of the most important things that people focus on. So 2020, focus on this one word, happiness. Happiness. And I love that you're saying doing things to make other people happy, but also doing things to make yourself happy because I I really find people and personalities that I know out there, a lot of times people really focus one way or the other. They focus on everyone else and making everyone else happy and they don't actually truly ever focus on themselves, which is so important. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get caught up in making other people happy or comparing yourself. And you it's easy to lose yourself in this fast-paced world. So to Drew's point, this is the greatest silver lining of all this is to pause and, and think about what truly makes us happy. And I think if we dig, you know, maybe not even 
that deep, but a lot of happiness comes from serving others. Yeah, happiness can it change this does. world. I personally thought for a tool, you were going to say a cowboy hat because I hear that your <laughs> cowboy hat is like, you, what is it you call it? The tickle trunk full of sentimental items? It, it is. It's my most prized possession, truly, as, as far as an item is concerned. Um, I've you had need to explain what tickle trunk I, is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, it's like, well, Mr. Dress Up. I mean, for good Canadians, uh, it's... it's uh, my cowboy hat is so full of incredible memories and from ticket stubs to playing cards to money to autographs, anything that has ever brought me good luck or that will help me manifest um, my destiny. And I know that that may sound really deep, um, but I truly believe that the things that have been in my hat have helped me uh, get to where I am today and will help me get further. For example, um, I've always wanted to play the Grand Ole Opry. So when I was 12 years old and I watched the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, I kept that ticket stub, I put it in my hat and I thought about it consciously, but it was also there subconsciously. And then I'm 25 years old, a, a, you know, a, a dozen years later, and I get a chance to play the Opry. And there's only a few mm. Canadians who've ever done it. So I feel very lucky. That's the very first time I saw Garth Brooks, I kept that ticket stuff, put it in my hat. And sure enough, I've done like 30 shows with Garth. Everything hey, I've ever wanted, I keep in my cowboy hat. And you could give me a million dollars and I would never sell that hat. It oh is the gosh. most prized possession I have. That's so beautiful. So you're literally putting physical things in, in the lining of the hat? Exactly. Oh. Yeah, on the inside, no one sees it. But when I take it off, and like when I take it off and, and I look at it, you know, and yeah. I, I can't believe that this is my hat. I look at it and then I put it and I, I think about these things. Um, hmm. I got a picture of me and my wife from our first Aww. date in there. Oh got pictures gosh. now of my kids. It is, it's a, it's a wonderful keepsake. It's very superstitious too, but no, I, should I, have a, it's beautiful. I should have security alone from my hat. Cause yeah, I, that's <laughs> what I, but I, I, I love lost that. It. It, it's like when people will pin a board of their dream home, they have those, an inspiration board of sorts. And I think that you're basically doing that in a hat. So there we go. Everyone out there, grad class of 2020, get yourself a cowboy hat full of those sentimental items. that will help you push towards your destiny. And you're literally keeping the things that are closest to you. Top, top of, of mind. mind. <laughs> top of mind. See, I never thought about it that way, but exactly. There are so many ways people can make a difference. And like Brett was saying, whether it's in your community or if you actually see your community as all of us human beings on planet Earth, there's so many ways to make a difference. Yeah, from the global scale to helping out your neighbor to someone like Aaron who is doing something so cool right from his, his home workspace. He's a 16-year-old student and uh, he's gonna change the future. Aaron is a student that has a passion for tech and he's using everything he knows to give back and support frontline workers. So basically, I'm a grade 11 student that goes to Burnaby North. I've always had a passion for technology and essentially using technology to help others. So then when this pandemic really hit, I started to see people online 3D printing these ear savers. I thought, why not jump onto the initiative and help this this great initiative that my fellow makers have started all around the world. It's Very amazing cool. to see how something, how such a small device can be so life-changing. You know, these, right. these nurses and healthcare workers, they have to wear these day in and day out. And we've seen pictures of the scars they're getting and it's just heartbreaking. Um, so for you to jump on board and, and help in any way you can is just so uplifting. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you. Um, so right now there's actually been a, there's more supply 
and not much demand now because basically hopefully every nurse has them ready now so like right now um, I actually just sent out 30 to a friend that works at the Apple store because they're required to wear masks. Mm. So that's nice. I'm not only like doing hospitals now. It's also like other people that are going back to work right now. Yeah, good for you. Well, I mean, because that really is uh, another form of frontline worker. A lot of people think frontline worker right. are nurses, but no, it's anybody who has to be out there, not at home in isolation, supporting the rest of us to make sure that um, society continues to um, to move along in a safe exactly. manner. And so uh, with We, tell us a little bit about your involvement with We. So I essentially, I filmed a segment with um, like right here in this exact setting um, of me explaining what I did and like what the main goal was. And then I had some B-roll shots of like my 3D printer and all the printed out parts. Can you show us a bit of uh, your magic there? Here. So it's actually one of these, if you can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it's an ear saver and then it hooks on to the back uh -huh. like this. So it not only secures the masks for frontline workers more securely, but more comfortably as well, because it doesn't go around the ear. It goes around this plastic piece in the back. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And then it's, you can adjust the, the length right. as well. So yeah. You don't have to adjust and mask. since the plastic is so flexible, it wraps around your head rather than around your ears. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that's I think so that's brilliant, especially I am the first to admit I have a giant head. <laughs> and so yeah. most masks, when I try to put it on, it just starts to just pull my ear. It's so uncomfortable. It doesn't work. So something like that would be absolutely perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so moving on from here, what are other ways that, that you like to support your fellow students, your community, inspire other people to give back in a similar fashion? So like, honestly, this right now has like the COVID thing was a big impact, but like, since I have such a passion for technology, so like at my school, um, I have clubs that teach students about robotics and technology. So um, we teach students um, about STEM robotics drones in hopes that one day they'll pursue a field in engineering or technology to help revol revolutionize the world, like in many different fashions. Um, so like possibly technology like genetic editing or graphene technology or organ 3D printing. So like I really want young students and people like my brother, which is eight years younger than me, to essentially be the next next Elon Musk by inspiring them at a young age. Good yeah. for you. There you go. So what's uh, in, in your school, um, is there somebody that, that supported you and your efforts and inspired you? His name's Mr. Morzov. Um, he's a tech ed teacher for, I think, 8 to 11 right now. And he's basically, when I first got into high school, I told him, I approached him about my idea of starting a club. And he's always been supporting me and behind the idea all along. So he's been my sponsor teacher. So a teacher that helps me like get funding from the school district to buy drones for the kids to use. Very cool. And like other technologies that I built, like electric skateboards, drones. Um, he's always been supportive and like at school, if I'm willing, if I'm doing one project, he would always let me focus on that project because he knows that like. You're changing the world with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think so Mr. Morsef, a big shout out to you because I think it's exciting to see someone who's willing to give their time and energy to support the passion of students. That's awesome for you to start a club. You're, you know, you've created a community of people who are passionate about changing the world, changing the future with technology. All right. You are the next Elon Musk. What is something that you think from all the research and all the tech that you've seen, what's something down the road it is a dream project for you. Honestly, I would like to work. Um, I've always had a passion for building electronic vehicles. And I, I want to, in the future, I want to find all sustainable alternatives to fossil fuels. So like 
Um, I'd like to pursue research and development of battery technology. So I currently Tesla is the industry leader in research of more efficient batteries. So working for them would be a dream job. I just want to get a 3D printer and I want to start printing. What would you print? I know you would print. You'd print some sort of chocolate. Can you 3D print or chocolate? Pizza or, pasta. or pizza. Ooh, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah, it just comes out like a squiggle you just yeah but it's the material you're building it with oh, he's so smart it's so cool and it's amazing to see you know whatever passion you have you can use that as an opportunity to give back whether you're an engineer like Aaron or a singer you see all these singers giving their gift of art to entertain the world in a mm-hmm. challenging time like this or and raise money and raise mm-hmm. awareness which is really cool to see too and we have a, a friend Ellen and she had uh, a company that manufactured aprons and different materials for um, uh, commercial businesses. And she shifted to create masks for frontline workers to help the, uh, you know, the over demand of masks mm-hmm. and help frontline. So everybody can do their part in a small way, which is really cool to see people band together and support. Our next guest, though, Chloe Wilde. We had a wild adventure with her. We went all the way across the world. To Kenya. Yeah, small village in Kenya. And together we were building bathrooms for these villages. These are in homes that never had bathrooms before. And we were helping build a kitchen for the school and community center. And we were just learning about different cultures. And I mean, what I love is, you know, we, we try to do so much to give back here in North America. And we do our part to support everyone that we live amongst here, our community. But we know that our greater community also includes people in areas of the world that we've never been um, or we don't know how they live. And I think it's really cool to be able to find ways to give back to everyone. Yeah. And and like Brett said, a community isn't you know always just your your own family or your own neighborhood or school. It's the entire world. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Chloe Wilde. I still can't believe the, that we had that experience, that we had the chance to go to Kenya, especially with everything going on right now in the world, like that trip feels even more special world away. now with everything going on. We got a chance to go. Yeah, oh, we, we talk about going back all the time. It, it'd be nice. I mean, to see the impact that, that we has out there, to see what they're doing domestically, to see how all the students, when, when we were sitting down with the kids that were out there with their school programs, um, it was inspiring listening to them and all of their hopes and dreams and and how they want to change the world. Yeah, actually someone, uh, one of the students we met there, she reached out on Instagram and she's in university now. What? I know. Okay, that is a a good dose of feel good news. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, It also makes me feel old because I thought (laughs) they were all at grade seven. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was was a couple years ago, you guys. Like it feels like it was just yesterday, but we went to Kenya. It was, it was more it was than a couple years. 2017. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, those kids, you, you mentioned them. And I think the the powerful thing with that trip is that kids, no matter where you go in the world, have hopes and dreams. And the fact that someone reached out and she was able to pursue her dream of going to university is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But because it, it doesn't matter where you go, kids, they want to achieve things. They mm-hmm. Especially when they're young, when they, they truly have this beautiful belief that they can do anything in the world, like that is universal. Well, there's no, you know, no inhibitions, no, there's no fear. Nobody telling you you can't, yeah. uh, which is what, what I really love, uh, you know, when we were out there too, the way, you know, we was supporting the communities, the villages, uh, everybody that we met, it was re-encouraging that dreaming to encourage uh, them to do big things because uh, you, you see, I mean, it pays off. Yeah. And that's where we always look to 
the youth because they have so much to teach us. I think as adults, we often can get jaded. You know, we, we've been out of school for a while and, and we're used to just our routine. And now, you know, everyone's routines are all up in the air. Yeah. I think it's, it is a nice reminder to like just pause and, and reset and just think about what priorities yeah. are. So here's a question for you. From back in your school days, I know it was a little while ago, but is there somebody that you remember, a story that you can tell about a teacher who really changed your life and, and changed your path or another student that really inspired you? Our coach was unbelievable. Um, a man by the name of Ted Wall, and he took us under his wing and in so much more than just uh, a touch football coach. And I think that's the thing that teachers have such an impact on students far and above whatever class that they're in or whatever sports team they're on. He was a leader. He taught us how to be a team and how to work together, how to deal with losses. I mean, when you're on a sports team in high school, even if you're amazing, there's going to be games that you lose. And that's really hard. I think loss and failure is this concept that we struggle with as adults, but especially when we're younger. And he kind of helped us pivot that and look at it as a learning opportunity and to just go into the next game, still positive, even if we were on a losing streak. And he just had this incredible positive energy that really radiated to the entire team. And then we carried that when we went onto the field. And I, I remember those moments and I just, I look back on them so fondly and I'm so grateful that he was in our lives because he was a great coach, a great teacher, and just above and beyond all a great leader. Well, th- and you said his name was Ted, right? Yeah, Ted Wall. Ted Wall. Big shout out to Ted Wall. I mean, because the moment we met you, actually that that trip to Kenya was the first time we got to spend Mm -hmm. uh, quality time together. And you resonate that positive energy in everything you do. Good energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. You're gonna make me blush. You're gonna make me blush. No, thank you. It's it's amazing. And like that's just one teacher, but there were so many, so many teachers that played pivotal roles because sometimes teachers see things that other people don't. You know, they see their students every single day. They can kind of pick up when there there might be something going on at home, or maybe there's something going on in their friend circle, maybe even something going on with their mental health. Like teachers really have this like bird's eye view. And if they're good teachers and they're compelled to care for their students, they can really, really have a big impact on those kids. And I was definitely, I was one of them a hundred percent. Yeah. And we love what you're doing now to destigmatize the conversations around mental health. What, what would you say is your message to this generation of, of graduates? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) I think now is, is I, I mean, when we were in high school, life was different. There wasn't social media. I mean, the kids these days are inundated with so much information. And sometimes that can be wonderful and that can have positive effects on your life. And sometimes it can be a little bit detrimental. So I think the biggest thing I would want to share is just for all the graduates to truly stay authentic to who they are, to not get too affected by the outside world and what they see on social media, because they, as they are, is perfect. Like you are worth it. You are worth pursuing your dreams, everything you want out of life. Like you can go out and get it. So try not too hard to get affected negatively by the outside world, whether it's social media or what everybody else is doing, because you, as you are, is perfect. And like you are worth pursuing. Virtual high five. (laughs) Yeah. So here's one, one other question for you. What is a tool that you think anybody coming out of high school, moving into their work, uh, their work life, their career, their post-secondary, what's a tool, whether it's something physical or something um, uh, mental, what's something that you think everyone should have? 
Ooh. a tool to help them succeed with their passions and dreams? Something I wish I knew and truly believed in my heart and in my soul when I was young is that uh, my voice, I have a voice, I have something to say, and it's worth using it. I think many times in my life, I've kind of taken the backseat, just smiled and nodded. And I think there were times where I should have spoken up for myself. I should have stood up for myself. And I think it's, it's a scary thing to do sometimes. But I think owning your voice and owning your power and owning your value is is a really powerful thing. And it's scary, but it's sometimes okay to be scared. So I think speak your truth and know that your voice is worth hearing. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for the great uh, words of encouragement for our grad class yeah, of 2020. Yeah, we're so excited to celebrate with them. Are you going to dress up? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. look, you guys know me. I love a good opportunity yeah. to get dressed up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much glam I have here at the apartment, but I think graduating is such a special milestone. And I, I feel for all the graduates this year who are getting a, a non-conventional graduation, but I still think it's worth celebrating. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's going to be, I think it's just going to spread so much positivity. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get dressed up for the grad. All of our guests have provided so much wisdom for the class of 2020. But you know, it's not just wisdom for the class of 2020, those who are graduating. I mean, yeah. this is all inspiring information that we can all take in no matter what age, no matter where we are in our lives. Mm-hmm. We're all students of life. We are. Mm-hmm. And actually our next guest, Jay Shetty, he is a former monk. He's a motivational speaker. He's just an inspiring storyteller. And I really love how he talks about you know, the best ways to support others is to actually start by supporting yourself. It starts within. I was just fascinated that all these children have earn this opportunity through service and their excitement to serve and to share kindness and to be generous with each other. And I really, really believe that those are like the best values to nurture in our future and our youth, because I think so many of us look back and go, oh, I wish I had this opportunity. And I think it's wonderful to see so many thousands of children getting that opportunity. Oh, 100%. And 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 you can definitely speak to being a youth and having that passion to serve. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I didn't have it early on in terms of growing up in my teenage years or any of that sort, but I was fortunate enough to meet monks when I was 18 years old, which seems like the most random person to meet (laughs) when you're 18. But truly, I was meeting entrepreneurs and CEOs and celebrities and influencers, but I heard a monk speak once. And when I heard him speak, all he spoke about was service and the desire to do good with what we have. And he was saying that the greatest gift that anyone on this planet can give someone else is to use their talents and gifts in the service of others. And when he said that, that really penetrated my heart and really hit me quite deeply, even at 18 years old. And that's when I got inspired to want to live a life as a monk so that I could be of service. And the monks that I was living with were building a sustainable village. They were building food distribution programs. They were trying to use their talents and skills to help other people be eased and anyone who is disadvantaged or underprivileged. And so it was a really beautiful opportunity for me very early on, thanks to some incredible role models, to get access to understanding the greatness of service. That is like a life experience unlike no other. I mean, that's absolutely amazing to, to learn from monks and live with these monks, to become a monk, and then to be able to take what you've learned and and spread that around the world and, and inspire people in such a positive way. If we look back to your school days, back when you were in school, can you remember any moments where somebody, a teacher or student really inspired you and helped set you on that positive path that you were already on? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I was lucky to have a lot of friends who were older than me growing up. And I always found that having older friends really helped because they had a bit more experience in a certain areas. And that included everything from relationships all the way through to service. So it was always good to get into their head and their mindset. Uh, but yeah, I just had loads of friends who were always encouraging me to ask more questions, to always, you know, not settle for less than my potential. And there wasn't there wasn't anything that I think I wouldn't would have done without the support of good friends. And I think that's the key part of it, that I think the people that are around us have such a deep impact on us. And I can honestly put my hands up and say that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for a few of those friends pushing me along in the right direction. I really feel that that's such an important thing people forget about. If you have negative energy around you, it will affect you negatively um, or it it could affect you negatively um, if you have positive energy around you, you can soak that in. It can affect you very positively. And um, I, I find I was very fortunate as well from my parents to my teachers to my fellow classmates growing up that I really had everyone that was encouraging us, if you're passionate about something, go after it. If you want to make change, go after it and you can do it. Mm-hmm. And, and there is no shortage of negative energy. How do you, for yourself and, and for those around you, how do you create those boundaries so that you are protecting yourself from the negative negativity, um, but also learning from it? Because you know you can't just be a shield. Uh, like, how do you just balance the positive and negative? I think one of the biggest things, as opposed to just trying to shield ourselves, as you're saying rightly about just from negative energy, is creating our own positive energy. And, and I think that's where it starts because when you're creating the energy you want to live in, it's almost like designing a bedroom or a home. It's like you design it because you want to be happy to live in it. And that's kind of the same interior design we have to do to our minds. It's like, how do we design a mind that we want to live in? How do we design a body that we want to live in? And so it starts with your own practices, your own routines. For me, uh, it's four very simple things that I've been talking about a lot lately. And I think that they're really practical and make it simple. And it comes in the form of an acronym called TIME or TIMES if we add one last one on for fifth. So the T stands for thankfulness. I think finding five minutes a day to feel thankful and more importantly than just feel thankful, expressing thankfulness. So calling someone up, leaving a voice note, sending a video, just expressing gratitude and thankfulness has so much linked to inner positivity, inner joy, uh, boosting our mood and doing so well for even our immune system, right? Gratitude is so deeply connected mm. biologically to us. The second one is I, which is insp- insight or inspiration. So it's like listening to a podcast, reading a book, coming to a we event. Like those are insight and inspiration moments. And I think sometimes we think of this as like, oh, wow, I need to read a whole book or I need to read a book every week. It can literally be reading a paragraph a day. It can literally be listening to... 10 minutes of a podcast a day. It doesn't need to be this big, overwhelming thing. The third one is meditation. Uh, I'm very fortunate enough to meditate every single day. I've been meditating for two hours a day for the last 14 years. It's been a big part of my life. But since I was 11 years old, I used to meditate for about 10 minutes a day, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. But that practice of just doing 10 minutes a day of sitting in stillness and silence is such great practice to find clarity in your mind. And then the E stands for exercise. I exercised a lot as a kid, then neglected it for a long time. And a couple of years ago, my wife got me back into exercise and working out and movement. And I can't believe that I let go of it for so long. It's been Mm -hmm. such a powerful pillar in my world of positive energy and wellness. And the fifth one, S is for sleep. I, as a monk, obviously had the opportunity to not sleep that much and meditation made up for it. But now that I don't meditate as much, I found that sleep has so much value 
and sleeping before midnight, sleeping at about mm. 10 p.m. every single day. Those hours before midnight are so powerful for rest and regeneration. And so if you think about those five simple things that you can do every single day, those boost your positive energy so much that now not only have you created the energy you want to live in, they act as the shield at the same mm. time. So now you only want people to come and enhance that energy. You only want ideas and thoughts that come and uh, extend and accelerate that energy. You're now no longer trying to find your positive. Because what happens is the reason why we go to negative places is we're searching for positivity in them. Mm. That's literally why we end up in negative places because we're searching for positivity everywhere instead of creating that positive energy mm. ourselves. Wow, that's very interesting. That's yeah, that that's an interesting. <laughs> I like now that. I'm just like, well, more than just a shield, it's you're attracting other positivity, you know, and mm-hmm. and maybe you're you're turning negativity into something great. Yeah, maybe maybe you're inspiring that positivity in somebody mm-hmm. else, and you realize as soon as we're done here, Linda and I are going to go meditate for two hours. <laughs> but uh, so for all those graduates of 2020. What's a tool that you think that they should make sure to have with them to achieve success and whatever their passions are once they graduate? Absolutely. The number one tool I would say is the ability to have a conversation with yourself and taking out time every single day to have a conversation with yourself. If you analyze the lives of the most successful, happy, joyful, creative people, they all were able to sit with questions and answer them for themselves. I feel like when you're a graduate, at an uncertain time, at a challenging time, it's very normal to go and try and ask the world for answers. And usually we make two mistakes. The first mistake is we ask everyone about every single one of our problems. And we all know where that goes. You never find a solution. The other problem we do is we ask one person about all of our problems. So we try and get that one person, whether it's a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a parent, a partner, whatever it is, we try and get that one person to answer all our questions. And I think it's really important that we learn to ask ourselves those questions first. So finding five minutes a day where we can ask ourselves the questions, am I living the life that I find meaningful and fulfilling? Am I doing every day what I want to be doing to make a difference in the world? And am I trying to develop the habits and the behaviors that are going to help me in the future? Simply by asking those questions every day and connecting with ourselves, we'll be able to make sure we can keep re-navigating and turning corners. Otherwise, we don't ask ourselves those questions sometimes for decades. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it feels, it never is too late, but sometimes it feels too late to actually make the change. Times is definitely a new tool that I'm going to use. Times. I'm going to make that an everyday routine. But that's what I love when you look at all of this wisdom that's for all of us, not just the grads, compassion, self-love, you know, being a, a a kid at heart your entire life, mm-hmm. a, a lifelong student. Yeah. These are all They're all things. reminders, really. They're reminders, yeah. exactly. I mean, we do know this, but it's nice to have that reminder to bring it to the front of our minds. Well, I know I could use a friendly reminder because it's, I mean, I know I forget simple things like thankfulness every yeah. day. You know, I can say that I know I'm thankful, but do you actually sit down and, and think about it for a good five, 10 minutes? Oh, 100%. And I think it, deserves that all of the, all the things we're thankful for it deserves like you know a few minutes a day yeah. and, and that moment just for silence so you can center your thoughts and mm-hmm. I think that's a you know I'm the first to admit that I'll forget I'll get busy filming and I forget to do that or even something simple like saying hi waving to a neighbor or somebody that you've never waved to before I think that's a nice gesture that does help 
spread that kindness and it's a ripple effect that can really help pull a community together. Mm-hmm. We've been uh, smiling under our masks and waving and I forget that we have our masks on sometimes, <laughs> but I think people see it. They see you smile. <laughs> yeah, you, you smile with your eyes. So now we've asked everybody else to give their words of wisdom to pass on to the class of 2020, but what is your piece of mm. advice? I'm always looking for advice, but um, just take your time, enjoy the adventure and you'll get there. You know, it's, it's your journey. Um, why rush it? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's something I always need to remind myself too, because you know me, I like yeah. to go, go, go. <laughs> and then you, you're, you remember to breathe, you know, you, yeah. you breathe and you take it in and, and then that allows you time to be grateful. I think that's great advice. That really is. My words for all of you grads out there, I would say, I know you're driven and you're passionate and there's always a way to the top. There's always a way to achieve your goals without stepping on people along the way. In fact, I do believe that it's actually easier to achieve those goals with people. So using your community and, uh, and never stepping on someone along the way. Did your dad give you that advice? It was dad. Yeah, that was my dad <laughs> giving that advice. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a huge thank you to all of the grads, all the class of 2020, because I want to thank you because we are really inspired by you. You guys are passionate. You're changing the world. You really are. You're change makers. And I think it's a ripple effect. Everything that you do and these passions that you have, it, it does rub off on the people around you. So please keep up what you're doing. Yeah, you guys are the future and you are the leaders. Like we literally look to you as an example. And also we do hope you're finding some way to celebrate with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and with us. You guys are worth celebrating. Well, thank you for joining us at home with Linda and Drew. And also a huge thank you to our podcast producer, Brandon Angelino. Researcher, Annalie Bell. And also our music, Feels Like Home, is by Chad Carlson and Victoria Shaw. And thank you to We. Yes, the We organization for all that you do to support family, love, and I think it really is creating a ripple effect around the world. Yes, you're not only empowering the youth, but the youth is in turn empowering the world. Yes. And thank you to Linda, my boo. Thank you to my Drew boo. Yes. <laughs> Let's go have our own graduation party. All right. All right. Be my prom date. I will. I promise I won't step on your feet. Bye.